We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School podcast. It's a casual Friday, and oh boy, are we ready to overreact here for all of you listening that are most likely experiencing the same high that we are all feeling at the moment. Um, Fellas, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't even know how to introduce you other than how are the vibes? What a stupid question. Um, it's casual Friday. We're going to talk about this basketball team, the hottest team in the NBA that not named the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, winners of seven in a row. Uh, currently the five seed only by a game and a half uh, behind the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, the best net rating in the NBA since a uh, second best net rating in the NBA since December 4th. One of the best offenses or effective offenses in the league. You're welcome, XJ. Uh, and so many other good things to say. Uh, I'm going to do my best to make sure this doesn't get too irrational, but I cannot control what I cannot control. We start with Mr. Hardy. Sean with a W. Um, how you feeling? I'm feeling victorious. Mm-hmm. And if you, for those who are listening on the podcast, you do not see my t-shirt that says Victory Lap. Shout ah. out to... Shout out to Nipsey Hustle, May he rest in peace. And it's victorious. And I have this shirt because, listen, if you have something to say and it works out for you and you want to take your victory lap, you take your victory lap. And don't yeah. let anybody, whether it's within the fan base or outside the fan base, tell you that you can't take your victory lap, especially if it's a fan base that wants to say things like you're acting like you won a championship when they have not won a championship since Jimmy Crackhorn. Mm. But I digress. The vibes are victorious. One thing I want to recommend to everybody, I usually do this at the end of the pod, but follow Sean on Twitter at Sean with a W underscore. The receipts you have been pulling up during this winning streak 
is glorious, sir. That you can't, they're muted, so you can't see them, but we're all applauding. Well, you can't hear them. We're all applauding Sean and the behavior he has exuded on the timeline over the past couple of days. Specifically, we've resorted uh, not to laughing at the Brooklyn Nets, but to bringing up old shit with the Brooklyn Nets. And I am a fan, sir, very much so. You've been doing the Lord's work. Uh, you know what? Listen, it's actually a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. My therapist says I shouldn't be as petty as I am. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> some things just chat my, you know what? And, um, like I, today, like I had to, I remember this gentleman said that the Knicks should tank mm. because Scoot Henderson is better than any guard on the Knicks roster. And he said this in December and I said, bookmarked. No, no. <laughs> and funny thing, I was on the who space show today on amp and he was there. And I said, do you still believe this? And he said, yes. And I said, okay. And that's why I sent the tweet out. And I said, all right. And I told him, I better see Scoot Henderson. Scoot Henderson has to be a fringe all-star next year or it's your ass. Mm -hmm. So another person that has been very helpful on the timeline when it comes to laughing and pulling up receipts and uh, exuding the behavior of Petty, but also... Um, in fact, this could go either way with XJ or Mensa, completely honest. I could literally say either one of you and it'd be fine. Uh, I'll start with Mensa, who you had said something last week before the last four games had happened that if the Knicks continue this, you'll become a parody account. I think we're all getting getting close to that, Mensa. Um, how how are you feeling at the moment, sir? So after the um after the Celtics game, I really want to just take some time and just um I want to Give Macri his flowers because he went on there and he was really mm. level headed and just doing the job of a real, you know, New York Knicks analyst. But this is the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nowhere near that. <laughs> the New York Knicks are here. This is the most exciting New York Knicks team that I have seen in my life. I've been watching the Knicks like heavily since Dan Tony got hired. Since 2007 and now, this is the best season. This is the most sustainable product we have. We had an what an eight-game winning streak and a seven-game winning streak in the same season for different reasons. I mean, come on. There's the vibes are this is like I don't even have a word for the vibes. The vibes are, give me one second. The vibes are uncharted. That's the word. We are in uncharted territory with these vibes for the New York Knicks and like the um, like the two team teaser I put in our group chat. I just want to say something really quickly. Cleveland, we on that ass. <laughs> You're next. We're not worried about Brooklyn. We're not worried about Atlanta. Shout out to Sean with the W who says so eloquently. We are not worried about teams behind us right now. We're coming for that almighty fourth, and I'm ready for it. Let's go. I I love it. XJ, I don't even know how to introduce you at this point. I how, yeah. how you feeling? How awesome is this? How you? How you I, want, I want you to ask me how the vibes are. That's what All I right. want you to ask me. So let's, let's, let's start from as we always do. XJ, <laughs> how are the vibes? The vibes are currently the vibes are currently on MDMA. That's what oh I would God. say. <laughs> the vibes are basically beyond levels that you can get to through natural means, is what I want to say. So yeah. that, that's where the vibes are right now. There's not a word to describe them. They're on drugs. They're on X. Pop a couple X. And and we're we're getting it going. I, I'm supposed to be the guy bringing the objectivity to the pod, the rationality, the data. I don't got it today, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you know, I'm here to talk shit, and 
<laughs> and to gloat because you never know how many chances you'll get at this. And uh, I'm just, I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling, I'm on MDMA right now. What do we say to the God of objectivity and rationality? Not today. Not today. There you go. <laughs> Shout out. King of the King of the East as of the last two months, New York Knicks. Um, we're going to be doing some hot takes and headlines. I'm going to read a take or a headline that I've seen around the Knicks this week. Um, over the last couple couple weeks, honestly. And I'm going to have these guys react to it in a way. Um, and we'll see if there's any I missed. We can add some at the end. Uh, head takes and... Uh, Head takes and hotlines is almost what I said. Hot takes and headlines is where we're going. And we start with the fact that the Knicks, since December 4th, as I mentioned, have the second best net rating. The they are second best net rating. And in those 50, in those, excuse me, in those 41 games, they are 27 and 14. And since that is half a season, we do the simple math. That is a 54 win pace. The exact same number of games won in the 2013 season. Sean, I'll go to you first. Um, your reaction to how good the Knicks have been since December 4th as a whole, hearing that number, 54 win pace since December 4th. So um, shout out to one Robert Cross because he, uh, you know, he him of the, the original of the hashtag 53 wins mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> who eloquently reminded me that on last week that they were on a pace since December 3rd, they were on a 53 win pace and now they're on a 54 win pace. Uh, I actually brought up the schedule and I'm just looking at all of like the, the W's in a row, then the L's in a row, then the W's in a row and the L's mm -hmm. in a row. Um, there's a lot of discourse on the timeline and in spaces and among Knicks fans about comparing this season to the, the 2021 season, the we here season. I was cautiously optimistic about that team because I was like, I don't think that Julius Randle is going to be Larry Bird for the rest of his career. Um, Alfred Payton as your starting point guard is not sustainable long-term <laughs> Reggie Bullock the next time he dribbles more than three times moving toward the basket, I'll be shocked. Um, so there was a cautious optimism and I always, I always give the front office a bit of grace about the moves they made last in the 20, in that off season following the we here season, because they clearly recognize that. And I think they would have did anyway, no matter what would have happened, but they clearly recognize like, we can't just run this back. Mm-hmm. This feels sustainable. This feels like something that like, like next year, if we, if next year is a repeat of last year, it will hurt even more. Cause it'll be like, we are like, we don't have to like, we don't have to not the next move. Isn't the, all right, let's bring in a guy to give us some spacing. The next move is to bring in the guy. Mm-hmm. So, and if we don't bring in the guy, and I don't think this front office is going to push all their chips in the middle of the table for someone who resembles a guy, but isn't really the guy, I'm not going to say any names, um, but that's the next deal. And once that deal happens, then now we're cooking with gasoline, as the kids say. But right now, like, 
this feels real. And for the first time in a long time, the Knicks have something they can build on. That's not a house of cars. That's not that's not on old vets. Like they got this this something growing here. XJ, what about you? I mean, I completely agree with Sean. I, the the honest truth is that I never believed in the we here next season. Like I thought that was a facade fake rat fake as Andrew would say. I called this <laughs> offense at some point. Um, no, I, I never believed in it long term. I didn't think it was sustainable. It's kind of like a it's like that weird situation where uh, you know when there's a guy on your team who's a great shooter and every time he gets an open shot, you like assume it's going in. When Randall and RJ got those open shots in that season, those guys both shot 40% from three. Mm-hmm. I never b- believed that those shots were going in. I, and that was just representative of how I felt about the team. It's like, man, they're really performing well, but I don't believe it. Like, I just don't. This team, I believe in it. I, I believe in it. I think they'd win. Uh, maybe I'm cut, getting ahead of myself with the hot takes. I think they win a seven game series with a few teams that they might get matched up against. Um, yes, I'm worried about their offensive scheme being exploited in some very specific ways, but I think their talent is good enough to overcome that. How I think about the last kind of half a season worth of games is that some of the big differences we've seen, yes, Randall's playing a few more minutes per game, scoring out at an outrageous output, Brunson a few more minutes. The guys that we're really seeing the most substantial difference in minutes and time and output, Emmanuel quickly, Quentin Grimes. Quinn Grimes is playing 13 minutes more per game that, than he was at that initial part of the season. That dividing line between December 4th when they went to the nine-man rotation mm-hmm. um, and before that, Quentin Grimes is playing, playing 13 more minutes per game. Quickly's playing eight more minutes per game. That is where a lot of the positive production that we're seeing is coming from. In addition to Randall increasing his output, um, maintaining his efficiency while uh, you know playing a few more minutes per game. But I think to me, most of it is coming from those guys replacing guys like that. I'm not going to say their names here because I don't want to bring down the vibes in any way. But, you know, guys who were in the rotation who are not anymore. Um, But yeah, so that's really what it's the big uh, the big takeaway for me is that we're seeing a real substantial difference, um, given that we're seeing guys like Quick and Grimes play a ton more minutes. We're seeing the output from Randall and Brunson just continue to increase. I think Brunson's actually shooting. I think Brunson is shooting 45% from three during this streak, as opposed to 33% from three in that first part of the season, which is mm-hmm. completely insane. Like you don't see bumps like that just come out of nowhere, like a few games in and then just sustain for the rest of the season. So yeah, I feel great about it. I feel like it's sustainable and I want to see this team in the playoffs. I'm really not afraid of anybody right now. Got to be honest. You're not afraid of Milwaukee? No. Dude, I love it. The vibes. So hold on. Before I get to Mensa, I'm maybe on Mensa, you start with this. Andrew. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Um, maybe I'll ask you later when we're sober. Um, uh, Mensa, are you afraid of Milwaukee? And I, look, I know who else. I know you're not afraid of, and it's anybody behind us. Shout out to Sean. But how are you feeling about the fact that this team is... I, I, I say the headline about what this team is since December 4th. And then, you know, where where are you looking at with the standings right now? Milwaukee scares me. I'm not... Okay, <laughs> thank um, you. <laughs> I haven't lost since January. Just, XJ, what are you I doing? have so much respect for Giannis. And that team is like finally healthy. And 
the what 15 games in a row like 16 like 16 and we're at <clears throat> excuse me seven. we are at seven look we're both doing great but milwaukee is they to me they would have won the championship last year if chris middleton didn't get hurt so i don't i want to leave milwaukee alone i want to i don't listen if we have the if we're going to get to if we're going to stay in this four or five let 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 boston get to the first seed so we don't have to worry about <laughs> i don't i like yeah yeah um, but I do want to say really quickly, since, um, since December 4th, 2022, which is the day in question, uh, Emmanuel quickly has played 40 games, started 10 of them, averaging 30 and a half minutes a game shooting at a TS EFG split of 587 and 554 offensive rating of 125 defensive rating of 116, which I believe gives him a net rating of plus nine. Wow. Um, Emmanuel quickly has been a superstar for the New York Knicks. I don't think there's any getting around that, obviously. Um, I think when we were doing uh, a couple podcasts ago, we were talking about whether, um, like we were looking at like teams, big threes at the time. Um, Mitchell Robinson was in that big three. Now it is unequivocally Emmanuel quickly as the third best player on this team. And on nights, he's honestly... Emmanuel quickly overall has been the third best player on the team, but night in and night out, Emmanuel quickly has been one of the top two performers on the New York Knicks. Like mm-hmm. there's no, there's no getting away from that. Um, I want to say really quickly about Emmanuel quickly that when we were having the conversation about big threes, um, it came up that XJ liked, I think me and XJ agreed on this, that Tyrese Maxey is better than, is not better than Emmanuel quickly. And personally, I look at, Anthony Simons and um, Tyrese Maxey, both undersized shooting guards taken in the 20s of an NBA draft. Emmanuel quickly taken 25th overall, I believe. Yeah, 25th, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, taken 25th overall in the same draft as Tyrese Maxey. To me, I always compared him to those guys because they all kind of fit the same demographic. Emmanuel quickly is head and shoulders better than both of those basketball players. And it's not a conversation unless you root for bat, unless you one, don't know ball or two, root for the Philadelphia 76ers or Portland Trailblazers. Emmanuel quickly has been phenomenal. And they got a back to bring struck up. Emmanuel quickly. I think that he is right now what we what I would have wanted RJ Barrett to be. He's a two-way stud. He plays both ends of the court. He deserves he deserves nomination for sixth man of the year. And I don't know why anybody is talking about like if we're talking about the New York Knicks success, it's because Emmanuel quickly found himself and the Knicks allowed him to find himself. So I think that's where I'm at. So I'm actually co- going to combine a, a headline I had in the future with uh, one that I, it, it's topical now. And it's that Emmanuel quickly is now fourth in six man of the year odds. Um, XJ, how ridiculous is that to you for quickly six man of the year being fourth? And would you listen, Mr. Betting and sweating, who's currently a, a grand up for the year uh, <laughs> where uh, would you be? Would you advise people to take that bet? So I, you know, we do betting and sweating. We, we make a pick, a Knicks prop pick before every game. You know, we're all doing really well on the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really bet in real life. You know, it's just not something I do very much. I'm about to bet real money on Emmanuel oh, quickly winning the six man of the year award. <laughs> real yeah. actual dollars. Because just, okay. I, I'm so glad this conversation came up and this is one of your topics, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just take a minute to look at how some of the players in contention for six man of the year stack up to Emmanuel quickly. Um, 
you know, I put out a tweet earlier today saying, like, you know, legitimate question, who are the six man of the year candidates to people on, you know, on the internet, on Twitter? And I got a few names. I got Brogdon, I got Norman Powell, I got Bobby Portis, I got Manuel Quickly. Okay. So let's take just five minutes or less to stack them up in terms of impacting the goal of a professional basketball game, which I think, I believe is to win the game. I think that's the intent of a professional basketball game, if I'm not wrong. That is actually correct. I appreciate that, that, Sean. Okay. Confirmed. Great. Let's look at some reputable impact metrics that do a reliable job of assessing this very thing, how players impact winning, right? Mm-hmm. Let's take basketball indexes, LeBron metric. We all see basketball indexes, beautiful charts and summaries of their data on Twitter. What do they say about impact as far as how these guys impact the game? Brogdon plus 0.26. Very good. Nice. Brogdon's an excellent player. Norman Powell minus 0.79. That doesn't actually mean he's a bad player, but you know, it's, it's solid. Um, Portis plus 0.4. Better than Brogdon, according to B-Ball Index's LeBron, a very solid impact metric. Emmanuel quickly plus 1.3, not in the stratosphere of these other guys. Okay, fine. It's one impact metric. It's just data. Come on, guys. It's just data. Let's let's look at other ones just so we can we can see if there's some consistency here. Um, let's look at Darko or Daily Plus Minus. This is another very reputable impact metric. Brogdon plus four, uh, plus point four eight. Very good. Nice. Um, Portis, uh, plus 0.54. Again, very good. Uh, Norman Powell, minus 1.25. We're seeing a really bad trend for Norman Powell. I'm sorry. Um, Emmanuel quickly, plus 0.79. Again, leading the pack. This is okay. Guys, chill. This is just two. They're just two. It's just two impact metrics. There's other ones out you. there. This is just, amazing. Keep going. Just, there's other ones out there. Chill. Let's relax. Let's just calm down. Take a All step right, back. Going. Sorry, guys. Hold on. He's in the middle. He's cooking. He's Let cooking. him work. Yeah. Let's take a Mensa. We're just going to take a step back really quick. Okay. Let's look at 538's Raptor in case we don't believe in LeBron. We don't believe in Darko, whatever. Uh, Brogdon plus 0.7. Again, very good. Powell minus 1.2. Powell, I don't know that you should be in this conversation at all anymore. Um, Portis minus 2.7. Raptor doesn't seem to like you. You know who Raptor likes? Emmanuel quickly plus 2.5. Oh my God. Dominating this impact metric talk, which is the kind of talk that I'm here for. We all know that. EPM. Listen, guys, EPM is my favorite impact metric. It's been validated. There's research supporting. It's one of the strongest impact metrics as far as prediction and predictive value. If EPM says that all these other ones are wrong, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give credence there. So let's just let's just take take a step back. Let's chill out. Let's calm Drum down. roll, please. Let's let's just take a look and see what what, what we're what we're working with here. Brogdon minus point three. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Uh, minus yeah, minus point three. That's very strange. Shocker. Wow. Really shocking. Uh, Powell minus one point. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I just need to stop saying Powell. Um, Portis minus point two. Emmanuel quickly plus one point in the top quartile of the NBA for in EPM. I, you guys. I mean, I'm sure this is just data. It doesn't mean anything. We got the eye test. We watched the game. But if as insofar as this matters at all, Emmanuel quickly is clearly, clearly far and ahead the number one candidate for six man of the year and should be where the voting cast today. 
unanimously the sixth man of the year. Mm. None of these candidates are close. I don't know what the betting odds say. I'm putting all my money on Emmanuel quickly. And if the basketball writers who vote for these things don't know what they're talking about, I'll be broke. But I'm just going to assume that they do. So uh, I rest my case. Hold on. We just got to... Everybody on mute. This is that was amazing. Quickly putting it to bed. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back to the Knicks before we move on to some other some other headlines. Um, I'm going to ask you guys the question that John asked me, John, and Jeremy. Wait, John is himself. He asked me and Jeremy at the end of the pod. Who are you afraid of the most in the Eastern Conference as a first-round playoff, ma- playoff matchup? And I'm actually just going to leave the, the door open. Um, we already asked about Miami. Uh, we already asked about uh, Milwaukee, excuse me. But if you had to then rank like most afraid of to least afraid of, go through some of the contenders. If you want to get to like five, go ahead. Um, Mensa, we'll start with you. So Milwaukee's first. And then if you want to go like two through five of teams you're most afraid of come playoff time. Um, I'm only afraid of Milwaukee. Okay. I so think we can beat Philly. There's I- no, it, so Philly, would they be second? Um, yeah, just because Embiid, but at the same time, that Embiid stuff gets canceled out because they still have a one James Harden who um shrinks in the playoffs. Uh nah, okay. So if I had to rank it, I would say Milwaukee, Boston, uh Philly, and Cleveland. Cleveland puts no fear in my heart. Like no fear in my heart. You know, like um, like the heart monitor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
like it's just kind of flat. Not even a little bit flatlined. Okay. <laughs> nope. Gotcha. I'm not at, I'm not worried about them at all. I don't believe that their core is anywhere near as good as our core. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm not. So really it's just three teams that I, that I, I guess you could say I would be worried about. And in order, it's going to be Philly, Boston, and I'm sorry, in order, it's going to be Milwaukee, um, Boston and Philly. So if you had to put a team behind us ahead of them, who would it be? Ah, mm, uh, so it's really honestly, nobody but like so Atlanta out of respect. Yeah, forget about Atlanta. We're not worried about oh, Atlanta. Excuse me. Um, okay. Atlanta, no, they're not a good basketball team. Um, and if and if I can't go to Magic City because I have this opinion, so what? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, no, I'm not. If if there's any team that I'd be worried about beneath us, it's uh, Miami, and that's because playoff Jimmy Butler is a real thing, and he he turns it on. And I'm not sure if we have anybody who can turn it on to the same level as him. And but that team is just not they're not constructed well. And honestly, oh, man, if, if we had Miami in the playoffs, um, R.J. Barrett would go for 45 a night because we know Tyler Hero is guarding him. So, yeah, no, Miami, I guess, would be the only team underneath us that I would have any kind of worry about. XJ, I'm not afraid of Miami. Personally, I think. For that reason that Mensa said, I think we'd play Tyler Hero off the court. I don't think he'd be able to stay on the court for a full seven-game series. Um, I think Bam Adebayo is highly overrated. I, I'm just not mm. worried about that squad at all. Um, I'm, I, I would say my, my real answer is I'm not afraid of anyone. I would not like to play Boston. So I know the Knicks just came off of beating Boston pretty soundly. Um, I'm worried about teams who re- do uh, rebound the basketball extremely well on the defensive end, because I think the way that teams are going to scheme in the playoffs, at least they're going to try this, is to try to switch everything and crash the defensive boards and keep the Knicks off the offensive boards and let the Knicks be the suboptimal effectiveness, uh, efficient uh, offensive uh, team that they are as far as how much they score in the half court on the first shot. If you can hold the Knicks to one shot, they're not a top five offense in the NBA. They're, mm-hmm. they're probably more like a top 15 offense in the NBA, which is still really good, but not good enough to uh, advance in the playoffs. So I'm most concerned about teams who defensively rebound extremely well. Those teams happen to be Boston at the top, Miami number two, and Milwaukee number four in the league, and then Cleveland number five in the league. So it's like all of the teams that the Knicks may have to play. Uh, so I think that's going to be something to figure out. Am I confident that Tibbs is going to be able to kind of figure something out on the fly in one of those series? Not, not quite. So I'm not afraid of any of these teams. I think the Knicks could compete with any of these teams. I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the scheme challenges that w- might come into play with some of these teams that rebound extremely well. So my ranking would be Boston and then Milwaukee and then Cleveland, Miami, not at all. Yeah, Boston ahead of Milwaukee. It sounds yes. like, something, to be honest, the team you're most afraid of is the Knicks. That the offense that you've had doubts in their efficiency all season, that it will come back to haunt them. I, the I just want to be proved wrong mm-hmm. that not that this their offense is like a parlor trick or anything like that. That is much too strong and not my perspective, but just that there are holes in the scheme that can be exploited over a seven game series. And I want to see that not come to pass. So that's my concern. Okay. Sean. I do share the same concern about 
when Tibbs has to adjust, how fast can he do it? Because he will adjust, but it takes him a while. Yeah. Um. Interesting. All right. So I ranked them. I have Boston, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Miami, Cleveland. Boston, because they have two guys who can go off for f- any time, like two wings who can go off for any time. Um, Marcus like, Smart and Jason Tatum. I was just thinking that's way too much respect for Grant Williams. Way too much respect for Grant Williams. Jeez, I like Derek White, but my goodness, man, I'm not that afraid. Okay, Sam House is all right. Uh, I'll give you true, that. True. Blake Griffin used to be an MVP candidate. You're right, Sean. I agree. <laughs> Fine, put some respect on Jalen Brown's name. Go ahead. Um, it's funny you say that. Lest we forget that the opening game of the 2021-2022 season, Jalen Brown walked into MSG and dropped 46 in our head top. I'm afraid of a so, guy that cooked Evan Fournier. Before we act losers, before, before we act like he's Andre Roberson with a flat top, uh, let's uh, just settle down. <laughs> <laughs> or break or break. He is raised now. Flat top Andre Robinson is nuts. I'm not gonna <laughs> let's settle down. <laughs> Number two, I have Philly. And listen, James Harden is a playoff loser. The fact that he's already dropping breadcrumbs about going back to Houston because he has not been in V Live as much as he'd like. Um, I personally res- have lots of respect for Joel Embiid, and I'm with Jonathan Macro, who says one day Joel and B is going to be like, F this. Mm. I'm destroying everyone. And just our luck, it will be the time that we play them in the playoffs. But whatever. I have them in number two. Um, I have Milwaukee at three because I have said this. Our defensive scheme is a perfect match for what Milwaukee does offensively because mm. they're not good at three-point shooting and their best player just wants to get into the paint and our head coach will die before he gives before he before he deprioritizes rim protection. So I I'm saying we can win, not say we're going to win, but to actually point, I don't not I'm not scared of anyone, but just do not be surprised if it's five minutes left in the game seven and we're down three in Milwaukee. Right. I have Miami ahead of Cleveland because, and listen, F Heat culture, I hate it. I can't stand it. I hate the Heat. But Jimmy, playoff Jimmy is a thing. And these, those clowns, it's all of a sudden like, oh, look, Max Struess is seven of eight from three in the first half. And like, and yes, they can play. We can play Tyler off the floor. Uh, but between Eric Spolster, who's a genius, and just the things that like Mike Schur was on uh, the Bill Simmons show podcast and he was just like, I hate Miami because they have no business being wherever they are. But then they just turn it. They turn it up. And then finally, Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland. I, the reason I my fear of Cleveland is not basketball reasons, their agenda and narrative and ESPN and mm-hmm. Fox Sports one reasons. But. We have play if playoff experience is a thing. Listen, we got guys that were there in 2021 and remembered what it was like. Um, and so Cleveland, yes, they have Donovan Mitchell. Listen, Donovan Mitchell's got first past the first round once, and that was against Oklahoma City when Russell self Russell Westbrook self-destructed. I don't care that he ever I don't care that he shot 50-40-90 in a YMCA in Orlando. Um, listen, he can get off. 
He can get all his points, but guess what? Isaac Okoro and Eric Mobley are going to have to hit wide open threes. If they don't, they're in trouble. Just an important correction. He got past the second round a second time when they were the one seed in the bubble yes. season. The and bubble shortened some, season. The bubble shortened yes. season. And then somehow managed to let Terrence Mann kick them out of the mm. <laughs> kick them yes, out of the playoffs. That, uh, that game six, a, a Kawhi-less uh, yes. uh, uh, Clipper team. Like them. Reggie so, Jackson and 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 uh, Pat Bev. And like they Pat just went Bev, five Reggie hours. Jackson, yeah. and Ter- Terrence Mann got them out the paint. Can yeah. I say really quickly? Yeah, um, go ahead. Four or five match. I don't care if the Knicks are four. I don't care if the Knicks are five. And we have Cleveland. We're winning in five games. In five games. We will beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in five games. I do not believe in Cleveland at all. And we have the one guy that gave Donovan Mitchell bucket after bucket Mm -hmm. after bucket. They almost lost that series last year, the Utah Jazz, to a Luka-less Dallas Mavericks team, who, in my opinion, is a lottery team. The New York Knicks will give... The Cleveland Cavaliers, a whole lot of work. Evan Mobley's chest is not ready for Julius Randle. Listen, (laughs) I'm not afraid. Listen, oh, I'm actually, I'm going to put real money on it if we play them. Knicks and five. Knicks and five. Okay. Well, there is a reason I did this little exercise and put this on the list of headlines, which about halfway through without even trying to be halfway through because we're we're really rolling through this. Um, For most of this season, the competition around us has been like, well, are we as good as Toronto? Like, can we play with Washington? You know, I think we're better than Chicago, but then they beat us in that one game. Uh, and then it became, well, okay, Atlanta, like maybe we can get out of the plane at Miami, like it's heat culture, yada, yada. And that entire exercise was Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Cleveland. Those are the teams we are in the conversation with now. And that is, I think, the new perspective that Knicks fans now have and honestly should have because of how they're playing lately. We are not looking up at them in a distant, far-off land at the top of the East. We are part of that conversation. And there is a world that the next time we record Casual Friday, we will be uh, ahead of one of those teams in that conversation. So we'll, we'll see how the next seven days go. Before we move on to Jalen Brunson... Uh, a conversation that I know I have to have because I'm the guy that defends the 2013 season and won Carmelo Anthony. Um, the simple question, this is the best Knicks team since blank. What is, fill in the blank, XJ. This is the best Knicks team since blank. This is the best Knicks team since the 90s. I don't, I, I don't know what year to say, but mm-hmm. obviously the... I, in my opinion, it's going to come down to that Carmelo season, that Raymond Felton, mm-hmm. Carmelo, Anthony, 2012 season. So are you comparing like would, who would win a game of like a seven game series or comparative to the year that they played in? You know, like compared that's a to good the question. The league, which is how I'm doing it. You know? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, Cause yeah, this team I was would thinking about the, it. With this I was team thinking about who Clyde would win. and Willis Reed and all these other guys that never shot a three pointer in their career. Yeah. You know? In that, with that, that's a really good context. And I appreciate that. Cause with that in mind, yes, I think relative to their contemporaries in terms of the teams at the time, that Carmelo team was probably better than these Knicks. Um, at this point, do I think there is latitude for this Knicks team to be better relative to the rest of the league? Yes, I do. Actually, I think. I think I could see 
this team in a conference final. And and that wouldn't shock me. Mm. It wouldn't blow me away. I wouldn't be like, oh, I couldn't never expect it. I mean, not from the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have expected it. From this point, I I could imagine it. Um, but at, but again, at this point, yes, probably that Carmelo led team was better just because they were up there the entirety of that season as as far as competing with the best. And I thought they had a legitimate chance to make the finals that season. Um, so yeah, I would say the best since I don't know if it's 2012 or 2013. I hate how the NBA does it with the like split, mm-hmm. the split years, but yeah, 12, 13, yeah, 12, 13. Um, yeah, I'd say that given that context, I think it's very important. I would, I would probably go with that team with a slight edge just relative to the competition at the time. Mensa, uh, you said something earlier that this is the best team of your lifetime that you've been watching since the 90s. I obviously have a, I have an, a special place in my heart for the um 19 the 20 the 12 13 season um can i make a con- a concession this is the best i've felt about a team that's what i meant okay then that's a, is that a fair mensa to be like talent wise or or whatever you were in your league um there's a different conversation but as far as how i feel about said team this this is the best i've felt about a team since the 90s yeah. Um, so let's I'll address both. Definitely. This is the best I felt about a team since the 90s, because the 13 Knicks were old. Uh, a lot of that came on the back of Jason Kidd's first half performance of that season. Um, Priggy Smalls, uh, my hero. Um, the, I think, 37 minutes that we got mm-hmm. from um, Rashid Wallace. Um, we had a great Tyson Chandler. Like what Tyson Chandler was doing then, Mitchell Robinson is doing right now. Mitchell Robinson may be. I think Tyson Chandler, yeah, he was maybe like eight, nine years younger than than Tyson Chandler was back then. Yeah. But that Knicks team had one superstar. Say what you want about Carmelo Anthony. And well, I mean, well, let me not say a superstar because the way I look at it, um, you have to be in the first tier of basketball players in order to be a superstar in your like in any given year. And I think LeBron, J- LeBron James is pretty much head and shoulders over Carmelo Anthony that year. There's no getting around that, but right underneath, like the way people look at Devin Booker SGA and all those guys. Now that was mellow back then for those who are younger than me and probably didn't get to witness that season game after game, the way I did when I was 19 years old. Um, but this team is deeper. Melo never had a number two. J.R. Smith was like the de facto number two on that team. Mm-hmm. We have an Emmanuel quickly who can match up with that J.R. Smith, who also won six man of the year. We have Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle one after the other. Um, we were, I was, exci- I was so excited about Iman Shumpert and what he would eventually be. Um, he became a champion, but for the Cleveland Cavaliers, not for us. So yeah, I think this team is more talented. I think uh, as far as like one through nine is just that we don't have a mellow on this team. We could, we could, but we decided to go for Dwayne Washington. Um, we'll leave that alone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think this is the best I've felt about a New York Knicks team. But just because, and even though this Knicks team, I believe is more talented one through nine than that Knicks team, the original Knicks tape. Um, I would have to say that just having Carmelo Anthony was all the difference. and. And, and if Tyson Chandler wasn't sick, if Kevin Garnett did not pull, did not literally tear Carmelo Anthony's labrum 
in game five of the um of the first round of the playoffs, the New York Knicks would have beat the Indiana Pacers and would have been in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think that we don't we don't give that season enough footnotes, but honestly, we got like it was really bad in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like our so, luck was went left. So someone was talking to me yesterday. Um they were in the good old DMs and I'll just say that Kevin Danishevsky has an agenda to get me to admit that the this season is better than the 12-13 season. He's also on a Jalen Brunson versus Carmelo Anthony agenda that I just thank you, Fred Katz, for preaching the gospel the other day. Um, and what I said to him was like, that season, that team had a ceiling of the conference finals and underachieved. And what I'm willing to say about this year is that this season, for a while, I thought it was the first round. I'm, I still want to see it happen that they get to the second round, but probably a ceiling of the second round and might overachieve. And that's the best thing I could say about it. And I'll, I'll hand it over to you, Sean. But like, is that a fair like, characterization about it? That like the ceiling realistically is probably the second round with the chance that they overachieve? Yes. Um, I think the conference finals talk is a little bit too much um, because to get to the conference finals, you're probably going to have to beat two of Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly. And I think you can get one of them. Um, well, probably. I mean, yes, you can. One of them. Yeah, you, you, Cle- yeah. you can get Cleveland. You, can get Cleveland. Yeah, you yeah. just got to beat one of them. Yeah. Um, Jeez, well, two of them is the finals, which. Yeah, America, you ain't ready. That's the full, I'll just say. Okay. Um, so I think a first round, get to the second round, get to the second round, and if they overachieve as a conference finals, that's a proper that's a proper way to put it. I'll say this, and I am, I am, I love the 2013 season because it came out of nowhere. I also, I'm like XJ, I didn't think it was sustainable, and. You mean, the, you mean the 21 season, Sean? Right? The, the twenty no, the 2013 season. Like oh. the 20 the, the 2012 13 season. It wasn't um sustainable because like I said, we're depending on Rasheed Wallace and Jason Kidd and 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 Kenya Martin and whatever. Gotcha. Um, but and everyone knows how I do not hold the Carmelo Anthony era is in high in is high regard as others because I actually saw my team get to the second round more than once. With that being said, please uh, let us not disrespect Carmelo Anthony by comparing him to Jalen Brunson. Like, I think the 2013 team is better because of the top. Like, between having a guy who was third MVP and the defensive player of the year, I think that puts them over this team. Now, this team is more sustainable and they have a longer runway and a longer future, potentially. But this is that that 2013 team in in that season was better. I, I just want to say I I think it's kind of interesting how none of us are talking about the We Here season team. Like because that's like we're glazing over that and it fizzled I, out. So I, I, I totally yeah. I mean I feel yeah. strongly that I never even <laughs> and as Mensa just puts put in two words in the chat, chat Alfred Payton, the yeah. two <laughs> words that indicate why. But like I just never felt like that was sustainable, and I actually think I. I didn't enjoy that season as much as a lot of other people did. Um, but yeah, I just, I just thought it was interesting how like, that's not, that's like an afterthought that season. <laughs> I look where I was personally in my life. And I'll just be 
open about it. Like my mental health, being able to just watch basketball and forget about everything else um, was like important. It's why I, I'm like not just appreciative of that season. I'm thankful for that season. Um, watching them lose to Trey Young was humbling. And I, I was uh, I was talking a lot of smack. You know, I like to do that. And then all of a sudden, oh, this is this is kind of over. Like John characterized and not surprising. it. It was a house of cards. Right. It was like all the, all this time we were like, huh, I guess this is working. I, I guess we're just going to hit every long two, Julius Randle. And then in, in honestly, in one game, it was like, oh, this could get ugly pretty quick. Um, but yeah, I, that season still means a lot to me, you know? You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You've got New Year's goals, and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how easy, fun, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen. With fast and fresh recipes, HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 50 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with béarnaise sauce, or southwest pork and bean burritos. If you know anything about me, you know that I'm not the greatest when it comes to cooking. Thankfully, I found a life partner that loves her time in the kitchen and loves putting together these elaborate meals. Unfortunately, with her schedule working at a school all day and my schedule covering sports all night, we rarely have time to go to the grocery store together. Well, HelloFresh has made it possible for us to do all the grocery shopping for the week right from the comfort of our living room. In fact, just last night when I was editing the latest KFS pod, she was putting together two plates of Presto Pesto Panko Chicken with roasted potatoes and green beans. We were able to do dinner and a movie without even leaving the comfort of our own home. And this is just one of several delicious HelloFresh meal options with cook and prep time taking less than an hour. When you've got busy, conflicting schedules like ours, you don't have to go out for dinner and a movie. Instead, it comes right to you. Don't hesitate. Head to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool65 and use code FilmSchool65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool65 and code FilmSchool65 for 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, we'll wrap up with a couple of headlines uh, just 
flat out just gonna say a headline. You guys tell react to it however you'd like to. We'll start with you, Sean. Jalen Brunson named Eastern Conference Player of the Month. They didn't pick him for the All Star game. He said, and I took it personally, and that's what mm. happened. And he 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 reminded everyone, y'all messed up. Mensa Mitchell Robinson has recorded a double double in every game since returning from the injured list. It's the first time in his career he's had four straight double doubles. Mitch, along with Emmanuel, quickly this season has arrived, and the Knicks have been unbeatable with Apex Mitchell Robinson, and that's what we're seeing right now. Okay, I'm gonna lob this one up to you, XJ. Coach Tom Thibodeau is now fit 115 and 103 as a Knicks head coach, the only Knicks coaches with more wins and a higher winning percentage in the last 65 years are Pat Riley, Red Holtzman, and Jeff Van Gundy. I think that the real comp that we need to be making with Tibbs is Julius Randle, which is really interesting mm. to say. Tibbs was excellent in the We Here season, one coach of the year. Last year, I think Tibbs was absolutely terrible um, with his rotations, with his decision-making at the end of, ends of games, with his ability to be flexible, to make adjustments on the fly. Um, just all of the things that go into coaching, I think that he just didn't perform well. I don't know if it was... Maybe Tibbs has started also meditating this year because he's back. He's back with a vengeance. And I'm excited to see... you know. The 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 meditations led by Tibbs and and Randall on the Calm app coming soon because it seems to be working for these guys. So I that's that's my comp is Tibbs to to Julius Randall. Um, bounce back season for Tibbs. So Mensa. much props to him. Yeah, I think Tom Thibodeau um, simmed the season last year. I think he was playing two K and just simmed through it because his rotations were so like you could predict and at six minutes and Alec Burks is now coming back into the game. Like you could predict it. Um Yeah. Last. Wow. February last year. I think what we were like, what two in, do we even have, I think we only had one win last year in February. Um the, forgive the me. three and 17 stretch is what you're the, thinking. The of, three yeah. and 17 stretch last year. We like we're nine and two in February. Um I want to say Tom Thibodeau, this season has brought it. It started off a little rocky. But he's found his groove and it feels like for the first time and since they've been here, Leon Rose and the front office are on the same page as Tom Thibodeau, as evidenced by the Josh Hart trade. They didn't go out and try to do anything fancy or bring in the young guy that they might, you know, find lightning in a bottle with. They said, we're going to go get um, and this is for the Giants fans. We're going to go get Brandon Jacobs mm. because every time I watch Josh Hart, I'm like, if he was a third down running back. My goodness. <laughs> first down, first down after first down. Like he's just what they did together. And I think this is the most proud I've been of Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau together. And I was all the way out on them at one point. Sean, there's a saying, I don't know who said it originally, but it's fear does the work of reason. And that usually works in a bad way because you tend to fear tends to make you make decisions that you wouldn't make. But sometimes it works the other way and it makes you make the decision that you need to be made, that needs to be made. And I think Tom was fine to Mentor's point. Like Tom was fine in his comfort zone last year, even though we just kept doing the same stuff over and over again. And this year, when the seat got a little warm, we saw the changes. So now I give him kudos because a lot of people go down with the ship anyway. But uh, listen, and I'm the one I've said I will drive Tom Thibodeau to JFK myself. <laughs> but um, and I, I don't think he's the coach to take us to the promised land. But however, for this season, what he's doing right now, you have to give him his props. So, Sean, speaking of 
uh, the front office as well as Tom Thibodeau. Uh, Leon Rose, this is three years to, to, to the day that he took over as Nick's uh, president of basketball of operations. Yeah, and I saw that um, Chris Persiani and our own Chris Persiani um, tweeted about that. That's where and, the headline came from, yes. Yeah, and you know <laughs> what? And listen, man, there were a lot of people who throughout his regime were like, he's not it, get rid of him, do the second third. Um, there were people saying that Steve Mills is better than him, which I believe is just blasphemous. I believe Steve Mills is a basketball war criminal. Um because he had Chris Dabbs Porzingis and he traded him for the mystery box. Um, but listen, I'm going to, re- I ha- literally have in my, I'm looking at the roster of the 2019, 20 New York Knicks mm. and Kadeem Allen, RJ Barrett, Ignis Brasdakis, Reggie Bullock, Damian Dotson, Wayne Ellington, Taj Gibson, Maurice Harkless, Kevin Knox, Marcus Morris, Frank Nilkina, Alfred Payton, Bobby Porter, Julius Randall, <laughs> Mitchell Robinson, Dennis Smith Jr., and the man who was Cam Reddish before Cam Reddish, Alonzo Trier. Mm. And we went from that to talking conference finals in three years. Give that man his flowers. Give that man his credit. And if you are still holding out that this guy is not the man for the job, you have an agenda that you're trying to push, or you don't understand how roster construction and basketball works. XJ. Yeah, I just want to say for the podcast audience, uh, Mensa, Andrew, and I all took our headphones off when Sean yep. was reading out the roster for that that team season. So mm-hmm. um, not listenable. So I'm, I'm sorry for you podcast listeners who had to endure that. We 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 actually didn't. We opted out. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do want to say just about Rose. One thing that I really appreciate that I think is underrated is the ability and willingness to accept a sunk cost and a willingness to just pivot from mistakes that were made with the roster um, uh, and a, a willingness to just change directions to, sh- to shed second round picks to, to get off of contracts to be able to make a lot quicker of a turnaround. Um, I think that that's a difficult thing for front offices to do. We've seen um, Golden State do that on kind of like a bigger scale um, by trading Wiseman, you know, just saying, hey, you know, we wasted a second round pick on this guy. Let's flip him for back for the guy that we also let go and shouldn't have in Gary Payton. Important clarification, by the way, not a second round pick. I mean, I'm sorry. The, the second, second overall, overall pick. The second overall pick. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, obviously that's on a bigger scale, but I think we've seen this front office do some of those same things, acknowledging errors, saying we're going to just flip a second round pick, a couple second round picks and, and and get off with these mistakes and go in a different direction. So I just wanted to give them props for that because I think that's difficult for front office to do. Mensa. Uh, this front office, this regime is one of the five best regimes in basketball. This is a regime that signed Jalen Brunson um, and only gave up a 2025 second round pick to do it. They trade, they turned Cam Reddish and what is looking like the 23rd or 24th overall pick in this draft into Josh Hart. And they also drafted Emmanuel quickly. They re-signed Mitchell Robinson. They have built a home for a superstar. And they did it basic and they did it in three years. And all and along the way, they made bets on two guys, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, who are bona fide stars in the NBA right now. I think that you have they took 
like they look, the ground was fertile when they got here, but just because you have fertile ground doesn't make you a good gardener. These guys mm-hmm. are excellent at what they're doing right now. And I think they absolutely deserve. I think, I think Leon Rose deserves executive of the year just for like, who did it better than Jalen Brown? And I'm sorry, then, um, uh, Freudian slip, who did it better than, than Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart? Like that, those two right there, allowing Emmanuel quickly to grow. Like it's just been, they've been rock solid. Look, comps to 2012-13 aside, this is this is some of the most fun basketball that the Knicks have ever played. And and that most fun I've had watching them play. And watching them last night against Brooklyn just like make everything. In the second half, like all of that PTSD of like, oh, here comes the, the third quarter of Doom. And they ended up winning the quarter. You know, it, I, I just things are everything's working right now. And I'm I'm Excited to see you that keep working in Miami. Uh, any last words before we go, fellas? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like the fact that we are we are res- respectful of Miami, but at the same time, we're not. We don't fear them, and that's right. how. And and honestly, for every game for the rest of the season, like we will go into every game thinking that we should win, and it's not far fetched. And I think our schedule is not the 18th. Uh, it's now it went from now it's like the 18th hardest schedule in the league. Like I mean, we do have that a uh, little West Coast road trip, um, but you know, we there. Th- this team is good, and. We are prepared and we should prepare ourselves for a lot of fun these last uh, these last uh, six weeks of the regular season and beyond. Down to 28th in strength of schedule, by the way. They have the 20th most difficult schedule, so the 10th easiest, if you want to put it that way. Um, any last words? Anybody else before we wrap, wrap up and get out of here? Yeah, I can uh, add it all. Oh, okay. For, 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 for those who don't know, I, I, I live in Florida. Mm. Um, and I live about five hours away from Miami. If if the New York Knicks sweep the Miami Heat for the regular season, um, we need to figure out something for me to go down to Miami and do <laughs> and record <laughs> being decked out in Knicks paraphernalia. So uh-huh. I just I'm just I'm starting to percolate some ideas. So okay. So joining us on the post game, here's XJ live from oh Bankrupt Arena or whatever they call that place now. <laughs> I will go down for the game. Okay. Absolutely. Deal. Uh, sh- uh, Mensa, any last words? No matter what happens this season, don't break up the band. Unless mm. unless you're really getting like Ringo Starr or, you know, one of, unless unless Beyonce's on the trade market, don't break up the band. say, Ringo Star. or Ringo, Ringo Star Paul? Paul, Paul, yeah, Paul or John. <laughs> Yeah. yeah um, Ringo, um, no. Ringo, unless, okay, not for Ringo. Ringo Star might be the one that's available, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but I agree. The John said it last night on the post game. Strangely enough, the best thing this thing this team might be able to do this offseason is nothing. You know, resign Joss Hart, you know, extend Emmanuel quickly, extend Obi Toppin. You know, that might actually be the best thing that this team does is kind of uh, keep what we have intact and grow with it. And we'll see what it, what it leads to. Um, the vibes are immaculate, everybody. I hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. My thank you to the casual Friday crew who XJ mentioned will all be on playback on Friday night, watching this game against the Miami heat. Good Lord, please win this game. Cause we're on a bit of a winning streak right now on playback. And I'd like to keep that going. Uh, you could follow all of them on Twitter. If you're watching live, their handles are underneath their faces. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, their handles are hyperlinked in the episode description. So please check them out there. You can do the same for me, but if you really want to help me out, 
Head over to iTunes, drop a five-star rating and a review. We are up to 15th in the iTunes charts for basketball podcasts. We are ahead of Gilbert Arenas. Apparently, we're the ones with no chill. Um, so, And we that, should be because this takes a trash. Yeah, and I can't tell you I've ever listened, but I will, I will take your word for it on that, Sean. Um, uh, thank you, everybody, seriously, for all the support that we've received over the past couple of weeks. Um, getting to, to experience all of it with all of you has been amazing. And until next time, thank you for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the game with us on Playback, and I will speak with you soon. Peace. Peace.